You are now listening to the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. Five, six, seven, eight. Holla, boys and girls, it's the BGN. Coming from the Marvel world to the DC friends. All the way from Hollywood to the PCN. She defends everyone from sleazy men. Won't apologize for spitting Shonda Rhimes. The space that we make is never colonized. We're talking games and movies and actors. Words. Better shake your booties for Black Girl Nerds. We're excited to present to you this bonus episode of the Black Girl Nerds podcast. Hosted by yours truly, Jamie Broadnax and Ryan Bennett. In this episode, we are talking about the impending premiere of Superman and Lois. It's a two-hour premiere that is coming up Tuesday, February 23rd on The CW. And you can stream it for free the next day on The CW app. In this episode, we are talking about Lois Lane, going back to her origin story, some interesting stories in the comics, as well as her depiction in live action. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this bonus episode of the Black Girl Nerds podcast as we celebrate Superman and Lois. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast. My name is Jamie and I am your host. And this is a bonus episode of the Black Girl Nerds Podcast where we are going to do a deep dive into the life and the history of one of a comic book character that I feel like she just doesn't get enough attention in comics. And yeah, I agree. Yeah. And that's the character Lois Lane. So um, thanks for tuning in and listening. I'm excited to have this discussion with none other than Ryan, our amazing host here, Black Girl Nerds. Thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. You know, any excuse to talk superheroes. You guys already know any excuse. (laughs) (laughs) And um, if you guys have not heard already, there is a new show premiering on the CW called Superman and Lois. It's premiering Tuesday the 23rd of February. So definitely keep your eyes on that. But we're going to talk about Lois Lane. And um, for all of you fans out there of the Superman hero universe, we want to focus on her. Give her her due. Give her her flowers, as as the folks like to say. Um, <laughs> and, um, and really just kind of go into you know her origin story and the history of how she's been reflected in the comic book universe and the live action universe and so much more so um yeah let's let's dive into this shall we ryan yeah let's do it cool um so lois lane she has appeared in um obviously in the comic book universe in dc comics she was created by jerry siegel and joe schuster and she first appeared in action comics issue number one back in june of 1938 that's how old she is 
Yep. And making her the first female character for DC. So why she don't get any love? That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Yes. So that's that's why she needs to get a little bit more attention because she's been around for a minute, y'all. Lois is an award winning journalist for the Metropolis newspaper, the Daily Planet. And she, of course, is the primary love interest for Superman, as well Mm -hmm. as his alter ego, Clark Kent. Um, and she's also the wife and mother of their son, John Kent, um, the current Superboy in the DC universe. So that's just a little bit of background on her. There's obviously way more that is about her. You know, she's the daughter of Ella and Sam Lane in the earlier comics. Her parents were farmers in a town called Pittsdale. And uh, Lois is a former army brat. So, you know, she's got some military roots in her her oh yeah she kicks some butt as she out reporting yeah yeah she can kick some butt her father was a u.s army general who handed um who handled rather hand-to-hand combat and the use of firearms and she has a younger sister named lucy lane i love these names you know what I'm saying? yeah yeah i do i like how they all flow together yeah i love that yeah, yeah. The, the parents were like we're gonna give them ll uh abbreviations for names so and she's one of the best investigative reporters at the daily planet which is the newspaper that she works at Mm -hmm. so yeah i always like every time they do the any of the newspaper discussions i like her and uh perry white's discussion like you never know who they like they have so many different casts for perry white Um, but i like seeing them go toe-to-toe because it's like you don't have daily planet without lois lane you don't you absolutely don't. So, and I think she's been a role model. I mean, I, I I would like to think so. She's been a role model for women who want to become journalists, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, because of just her history in that industry, in that field. So, um, and, you know, she's been around for so long. So I, I think that that, um, just the creation of her characters is so inspiring for young women out there everywhere. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, she's more than just an investigative journalist. She's actually shown obtaining superpowers by becoming a superhero in her own right. Um, Mm -hmm. Some of her superhero identities are in Superwoman and the Red Tornado of Earth 2. So you can check that out. Um, so she now that one is cool. The Red Tornado. They need to do that. They need to act that out somewhere. Like have somebody play that at one point. I don't know. Maybe maybe we might see some of that in the new show. I don't know. I mean, I I think it it will be cool to see um, all facets of what Lois Lane has brought to the DC universe. Um, mm-hmm, obviously, mm-hmm. beyond her work as an investigative journalist. So yeah, that that would be awesome yeah. to see that. Um. So yeah, I mean, there's just so much of her that people just don't know about, and I I feel like that you know um, that's something that needs to be brought to the forefront but there there has been shows and um obviously live action films that have definitely pushed her to the forefront but i i want to talk about something that was kind of controversial and very interesting Mm -hmm. and unique to me that happened to lois lane in the comics before we even talk about yeah movies and the tv shows because i i would guess i'm i'm gonna assume um you know for many of you listeners that Probably many of you know Lois Lane based off of the films and the movies and maybe even animated uh, properties of the Superman lore and universe. Um, but right, yeah. in the comic book universe, there is an issue. 
And and it's this is a very interesting issue. I think that would be of significance to our audience. Um, it's issue number one hundred and six, titled uh-huh. "I Am Curious Black." Curious Black in parentheses. Um, First problem. <laughs> where, where Lois Lane she goes black for a day. Uh, this this happened in nineteen seventy. And DC Comics, they, I guess, you know, they wanted to kind of bridge the racial gap with the release of this issue. And um, writer Robert Kniger, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that name right. Yeah, that, that would have been my guess. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to. Kniger sounds right to me. We're going to go with it. We're going to say it with confidence. We're, we're going to say it with confidence. <laughs> if you say it with confidence, then there you go. Um, yep. A white guy. Uh, many writers back in the 70s that did comics were white. Uh, so second problem, maybe? <laughs> I don't, I mean. Were white and male. Um, were, uh, he, he wrote this uh, issue and, um, you know, basically Lois Lane, she became black for a day and I guess the comic was trying to help ease some racial tensions um, that were obviously happening in that year, in that decade. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, you know, we actually on blackgirlnerds.com, feel free to look at an article that um, was written um, by Ayana Underwood. She did a really great um, essay, critical essay about the issue. And she talks about how it dealt with cultural appropriation and, you know, various issues that the comic. Yeah. Um, you know, attempts to address, but um, I I just thought it was very interesting, and um, the the very first lesson in Lois Lane being black for a day was the fact that she wasn't able to hail a taxi cab. Uh, <laughs> I, I thought, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? So um, it, it it I guess it was you know ultimately supposed to reinforce the idea that you know black people are dependent upon whites was what the issue was supposed to send this message about but um Mm -hmm. obviously it it, you know many people probably even to this day had very mixed opinions about the um execution of this uh, issue um i i don't think they hit the mark personally i mean even reading this to this day i mean i I, I was not around when this issue came out, but um, even reading this now, I, I don't mm-hmm. feel very comfortable uh, with the framing around uh, Lois Lane being turned black. Uh, and then there's even a moment where, you know, Superman doesn't want to be with Lois as a black woman. So there's just some really weird, mm. <laughs> uncomfortable yeah. moments in that in that issue. So check, check it out. If you, if you guys haven't, you know, heard about it until now, if you, you know, you're curious about it, um, check out the issue or, you know, go to the black girl nerds.com uh, website. It's uh, Lois Lane goes black for a day. Um, you know, you can read that essay and uh, kind of, you know, come yeah, up with your it's, own. It's just a lot of issues. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you, you, you know, that. read it, read it. Yeah, yeah, read it and kind of draw your own opinions. Yeah, this one was when you first said that to me, I was like, What? Lois Lane was black for day? I was like, What in the comments? <laughs> what um, in the comments? But yeah, yeah, I was like, What? But yeah, I mean, 
Mm, yeah, it's just a lot of things, a lot of feelings on this one for me. Uh, and by the way, she uses Superman's plastimode machine to transform into a black woman, which I I just have to say, I never think that is a good idea the way that is written, the way it's said, because you have, like I said, somebody that's not black or female trying to say, hey, this is what you look like. And then the fact that idea of it being like being able to manufacture that and just send it out like it's like a factory thing or something. Mm-hmm. For like a day, it's just not like, did not sit well with me at all. But I get that, I guess, in that time period, they're trying to come up with a way to add diversity. But here's where it's like what we're talking about for the day, where it's like, talk to people, preferably somebody black, you know, get like a background, you know, before you just say like, hey, this is what we're going to do. Right. Which is my feelings on it. Like that just never... I don't know. Sometimes creators, they just never put two and two together like that, where it's just like, oh, well, I'm trying to make this awareness and that's fine. But for like one issue for one day when you have no idea, no background on it, ah, it's a little touchy. Yeah. It's like you can't conquer racism for a day. <laughs> you just Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, look at where we are right now in 2021. And um, mm-hmm. it seems like issues are even um worse now than they were several decades ago so um yeah you just that that's just not at all a reality um but yeah i i just i found that fascinating when i first stumbled upon that i was just like okay um this has not been done before you know and she yeah i mean yeah. she really goes from being a white woman to you know like being full on black like exactly yeah and i was just shocked like what yeah she got her and everything i was like okay they're really going all in on this okay (laughs) yeah it was just one thing to just go out and try to see what you're gonna come up you know being a white reporter in that in a neighborhood or whatever but to transform i was like "Mm, i don't i don't know if there was too much if you know they thought about what this was gonna mean or what it was gonna represent right right so um, just goes to show that, you know, sometimes it's a little helpful to have a little bit more diversity in the writer's room. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. These types of situations. So. Oh, but Jamie, I got a question for you. Yeah. Say this was done. Say this was done right. Um, and, you know, like, I guess we could think a little bit about movies and TV if it was done the right way. Who could who could play? Lo- who could what black actress could play uh, Lois Lane? Who do you think? Like, you have any any options? Why do I want to say Kiki Lane? Just because her last name is Lane. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. See, I like how it rhymes. It just goes together. Yeah, I like Kiki that. Lane. Because Kiki Lane was kicking butt in the old guard. Like, she, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. And I feel like because of that military background that Lois Lane has with her parents, um, you know, with her dad doing hand-to-hand ca- combat, that, you know, maybe Lois Lane has that potential to do that. And um, Kiki Lane obviously definitely uh, demonstrated that in the old guard so yeah. yeah i'd be for that that'd be cool that'd be cool yeah um good question uh so yeah but let, let's move on to something that obviously we um love and appreciate with uh lois lane all the more by the way did you have any other uh, takeaways from that issue of no that was pretty much it i was just sitting there like i really wish like i want to know more of the details that went into it like there was like some experts uh excerpts like you said go on um, black girl nerds and check it out but i want to know like you know i kind of want to see some of the dialogue a little bit too yeah like what it was like when it was in there just to see how it played out because that's another thing that bothered me i was like so did they have the right lingo was the dialogue okay like what did they say you know 
Because you already see the part here. I am curious black. You're like, oh, God, what was the dialogue in this comic? Well, like, I just have to say, just sort of as, as, as a, you know, as a side note to, to this discussion, like some of the dialogue in 1970s comics were some of the worst. I mean, it was yeah, that's why I'm, that's why I'm nervous. Yeah, I'm like, I wonder what the actual pages look like, like reading through the pages and everything. We're like, Cause you got to remember, it was white writers trying to speak black dialect. Mm-hmm, and it was mm-hmm. not it was not good um so just envision that and even like in the early 90s i remember reading you know like cyborg and and some of these other dc characters yeah and, you know and they're using um old slang from like the 80s and even the 70s and a night oh god yeah I'm, yeah i'm like mm-hmm. guys uh, no <laughs> Yeah, these just know yeah. these boomer writers, you know, writing for a uh, you know fifteen or twenty year old uh, character. No, don't do that. Um, so, anyways, yeah, it it was it wasn't good. Um, <laughs> so I really loved watching Lois Lane in the live action films. That's what I remember mm, yeah. her most from. Um, you know, as as a Superman, um, as a as being sort of indoctrinated into the Superman universe, I know Lois Lane mostly from live action film and television. Um, yeah. So before we get to film, let's start with television because I know you, Ryan, are a hardcore stan of Smallville. Yes, I miss that show so much, you guys. And they even did like a little bit of, um, on a side note, they even did a little bit for the crossover. I don't know how much you guys watch like the CW crossovers. Um, It was called Crisis on Infinite Herbs. And that's like the only time you could get all the superheroes in like one place and what area and people aren't really cared about like what earth we're on and all this other kind of craziness um, because it all kind of blends. And they did like a very, it was like so small, but it was enough for my little Smallville heart that I was so excited to see it. Tom Welling and Erica Durant that plays uh, Lois Lane uh, were on there and they have like kids now and he doesn't have a superpower. So it was just like a little cute, a really cute little scene there um, where I was like, oh, it brought me back, guys. It was 10, 10 seasons of Smallville. It brought me back of like just being like every day. And then when it was when it went from WB to CW coming back and like having to record some of the um you know some of the episodes and replaying it but yeah this Lois Lane Erica Durance was my favorite um I think of all the Lois Lanes just because I don't know too it might have been too because of so much time because she came in like season four Mm -hmm. so so much time that you spend like getting to know this character and you stay with this you know this actress on this journey as she on the show but she was my favorite because she played no games like she was never to me, she was never on there as like this kind of damsel in distress victim. Like she actually kind of picked on like she would call him Smallville, uh, Superman's character, Tom Welling. They would she would call him Smallville just to kind of um, talk about the fact that, she, you know, he's from a small farm and he's from the small town and she knows more than him. It was kind of like this this almost like picking on kind of, situ- you know, in a way, not in a not in a negative way, but it was a situation where it was like, OK, you need to step up to my level sort of thing. As opposed to somehow how they, you know, some ways they play Lois Lane, mm-hmm. where it was like really cool to see her like being that boss uh, reporter that she was, 
Um, but yeah, it was just so cool. I can't even, I'm trying to think of like some of the, if I can think of any of the lines that she would, she was screw out, but she always had a comeback for him. <laughs> if he, you know, if he wasn't somewhere on time, if he thought he was going to get to a story before her where they kind of had this like, but yeah, it was very much that until they got to the season, you know, where they were romantically involved and all that kind of stuff. And it was more romantic and everything. But before that, she just never let him take the easy route. And she didn't need anybody. Like you really got to see her combat training, hand-to-hand combat and firearms and stuff. Cause she didn't need anybody to always come to her rescue. Like she was always out there doing all kind of craziness and getting herself in trouble and she actually came back to Smallville. I do remember because she was investigating um, Chloe her, was in that was her cousin and was investigating her death. So she actually like came into the Smallville world on the investigative side, ready to fight, ready to figure out what happened. So it was just, but yeah, I thought she was, I thought Erica Durant did a beautiful job on that, um, playing her, bringing her to life. But yeah, anytime you get, anytime for Lois Lane, for me, when you get that edge where she's not that damsel in the stress, where she just needs Superman there, I love to see that to see that come on camera i feel like out of all of the superman you know lois lane shows smallville is the favorite among the fandom community does that Mm -hmm. i mean would you agree with that because i just you know whenever people talk about their favorite shows that represent that um the superman universe people always bring up smallville so yeah because you and then it was like go ahead go ahead oh no no I was just I was just gonna finish I was just like you know it just seems like that's the show that's always the one that gets brought up I don't know if it's because you know it's sort of the most recent among millennials or or what it is Mm -hmm. but um that just seems to be the most popular yeah because it's just um and I think too you get to see um you get such a good mix of for Superman and not to get too much into it because I know we're gonna uh go into him in a little bit um but just that good mix of nerdiness and trying to fit in and Tom Welling is fine like even when he got a little clip of him in this crossover he had the gray going on but he was still cute to me and you know it's just like the way he pulled you in to being able to watch his story for 10 seasons you know it, to me and to me with the kind of show like this is all about casting like the way this cast played together, I think is too what really resonates with fans where you would actually believe like if you saw them walking on the street, the way they play together, the the different scenarios they had to put Superman or put Tom Welling in, put Clark Clint in um, were really cool. But yeah, I just think it's just the um, like I said, the casting, the plot, the way they could play with aspects of his life that you don't get to see in the live action movies, I think really drew people in. And you, and then like how many shows now, and when you have Supernatural, when you have that, um, you know, maybe that action feel to it are going for 10 seasons. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of shows are like wrapping so quick. Like you think they're going to keep going and they're going to find loops and, but they don't, they just like, okay, we're done. Right. But it gave them a chance to bring in like all these villains that you wouldn't associate with Superman. And they took him through, you like, you like, you get to see all the effects of different crypt. Like everybody knows about the green kryptonite, but what about red kryptonite and black kryptonite? Like it was just so cool to see these different areas of his life affected by being Superman. And you get to go on this journey from high school to, you know, him being like a grown man out on his own trying to make his decision. So yeah, it's, it's really cool. Like if you guys ever have a chance, like I know everybody's at home to kind of sit down and like, it's a lot, like I got the box set, so I'm like a super nerd, (laughs) but if you can find it like in like digital and just kind of make your way through it, it's really interesting. Like you get so many aspects of, like I said, Superman of Lois, you know, like she's not, obviously she doesn't get to do like the main forefront of it, but you get to see her dad and you get to see her sister, like her sister, 
it was making me laugh when you were talking about it, Jamie. The uh, I can't. I'm, I'm like the actress that played is escaping me right now. But she was she was another like badass. Like she, you do not play with Lucy Lane. Like she was gonna do whatever she wanted to do. Right in the show, like the episodes that she saw of her. So yeah, it was it's really cool. Like I said, if you guys get a chance to just kind of watch it season by season, it's a lot of seasons. So if you kind of get time like downtime to kind of fit it in, it's really cool. Yeah, I mean that's something that you can prep for before the new Superman and Lois show premieres later this month is to watch episodes of smallville um i remember because i'm a little older than you ryan (laughs) (laughs) just a little you know it's fine just a little bit just a little bit just a tinge um i remember lois and clark the new adventures of superman with terry hatcher Ooh, you know yeah and yeah and that that was that was my jam back in the day and i you know it's been a while since that show was on the air but um so i Mm -hmm. i can't recall any specific episodes i'd have to go back and and watch but it it was a great series um it's unfortunate that now um i'm not much of a fan of dean kane because i just don't like his politics uh so i've got to separate Mm -hmm. the uh <laughs> the artist. Yeah, another hard thing to do. Yeah, yeah it's hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta separate him because I did like his Superman, you know. So um yeah, and, yeah. Mm-hmm. So and um we have another episode that's gonna be coming up where we're gonna talk about Superman and our favorite Supermans and our least favorite Superman. Um so tune in for that. Um but I thought that Terry Hatcher, like she was just amazing and i felt like this was the first time we actually got to see lois lane like you know she in her full fully fleshed you know i guess how can i say this let me let me start over this was the first time that we saw lois lane as her fully developed self she had a ton Mm, okay i mean the title in and of itself lois and clark you know yeah right yeah top billing on this show um Mm -hmm. so you know i i I felt like terry hatcher essentially was the star of the show and um i knew about uh, terry hatcher you know most people probably know about her from desperate housewives and that's kind of how she um sort of got her rise to fame i knew about terry hatch mm-hmm. lewis and clark new adventures of superman um so that was sort of sort of my again my indoctrination into lois lane was watching that tv show and just how brilliant um the depiction of that character was um by terry and um you know just seeing how independent and you know take no prisoners and just how awesome she was in that. So um, I, I really just love that series and um, I gotta, I gotta find out where I can stream it and watch it again. Cause it was, it was just, yeah, I want to check this out. Yeah. yeah. And it was, it was, I felt like it was ahead of its time as well. And then there's, um, and just to kind of give some honorable mentions, um, you know, these are like older shows, Phyllis Coates, adventures of Superman, was also a Lois Lane character from back in the day. And if anybody, um, mm-hmm. most recently in the Arrowverse, Elizabeth Tulloch um, also uh, was Lois Lane. So, you know, giving our shout outs to Lois Lane characters in the live action TV universe. 
going yep. going to live action films which probably this is something that again a lot of you guys are familiar with um my favorite live action film Lois Lane cuz again I'm a woman of a certain age <laughs> um <laughs> is the late great Margot Kidder I loved her um mm. she was just so brilliant um she was you know she was such a great balance to Christopher Reeves character in the Christopher Reeve Superman films, she starred in many of them with him. And um, I just loved her raspy voice. I just loved how she was very take charge. Um, I, I loved seeing her in the scenes with um, Christopher Reeve as Clark Kent. Um, you know, it, it, it was just, there was just some really great chemistry between these two actors. And then, you know, cause she kind of wasn't about him. Obviously, you know, he was this big old nerd and stuff, but then she yeah. would just melt into his arms when he was Superman and, you know, just kind of go all gaga yeah. over him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got to have that part of Lois Lane. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So she was just, she was just a really great actress um, of her time. And, and um, she was my personal favorite Lois Lane in the live action films. Hmm. I'm trying to think what, cause now you have me thinking, cause I don't know if I thought so much about, which I probably should have. Cause you know, you can't have Clark without Lois. Uh, I, I think I'm going to go with Amy Adams. I think I'll go with her, a man of steel because I was kind of leaning to Kate Bosworth, but mm-hmm. um, I, yeah, I'll stick with Amy. Cause Amy Adams, I felt like understood his mantle. Like, un, like she was able to, when you see it play out a man of steel, she was, and also, um, Oh, what's the other one? Why am I blanking right now? Also, um, Superman uh, or Batman versus Superman. She was able to see. I feel like she was able to flow with him. If that makes any sense, yeah. Like she knew, she knew her, she knew her role, and she knew what he meant to the world. Mm. And it was like she was gonna, she was gonna make sure he balanced both. Yeah. And if he couldn't, she was so much her own, her own person, where you could totally see her being like, okay, well, you go do this but I'm still Lois Lane, this reporter. Mm-hmm. And I have this that I need to go take care of. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it, it was like a clear distinction watching uh, Amy Adams play this. So yeah, I thought she did really well doing that. Yeah. I totally agree with you. Like if I had a second to choose, it would be 80, Amy, 80. <laughs> if, <laughs> if I had a second to choose, it would be Amy Adams for sure. I mean, personally, I am biased towards Amy Adams. I think she is such a, a incredibly talented actress. I love the fact that True. she yeah. always gets nominated for awards um, because she deserves mm-hmm. it. She's just that talented. So uh, I felt like she also stole almost every scene that she was in with Henry Cavill. So it's like, yeah, absolutely. you know, yeah. that, and that's hard to do. You know, it's hard to steal mm-hmm. a scene from the main event, right? From the, the lead. right. So she's definitely good. I think in the in the case of Kate Bosworth, I didn't feel like she was that strong of a Lois Lane. I just didn't. I have issues with Superman Returns as a movie. Period. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I think. It. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. I'm gonna say we will we'll probably get into this a little bit later, but yeah, I agree. I'll just say I agree for right now. Yeah, I just um they're just there wasn't anything there there, if that makes any sense. It just um mm-hmm. she just felt like 
I don't know. It was just very cookie cutter. Um, there was no substance. And Kate Bosworth, by the way, is a fantastic actress. I, I think she's great. Right, yeah. I just, there, there's nothing memorable about her performance as Lois Lane in that film, um, which is a travesty mm-hmm. because, again, she is a very talented actress. But truth be told, she really didn't have a good script or anything to really work with. So that says a lot mm-hmm. there. Yeah, um, true. So it's it's one of the least memorable Lois Lane depictions in the Superman universe. So there's that. So yeah, uh, any any final thoughts about Lois Lane? I don't want to end on a negative note. But <laughs> before we wrap, up, <laughs> uh, make Lois Lane Red Tornado for like a couple, like a little bit of this uh, Superman and Lois. You know, just for like a little bit, and then take her back. Because for those who don't know, it's an android form of Lois. Like it has all her memories and stuff. So I don't want her to stay like that. But like maybe for like a little bit. Just to give oh, Lois yeah. a little bit new of a new storyline in this in this live action world. That would be awesome. That would be fantastic. Yeah, I think that would be cool. So yeah, don't let her stay like that because you know they'll get they'll get excited on CW and she stay like in in this world. But yeah, just like a couple like a few episodes or so. Yeah, yeah, and um and and hopefully she's you know given her given an opportunity to have a little bit more autonomy like she's had in some of the other shows Mm -hmm. like Smallville, like Lois and Clark, um, you know, seeing that Lois that we know from those previous shows, because she's such a compelling character and um, Superman. I don't think Superman would be Superman without Lois Lane, honestly. Nope. So, um, well, great. This was fun. This was, yeah, I like this enjoyable discussion about lois lane and her lore and the fact that she turned black for a day which i'm sure y'all didn't even know about <laughs> yeah I did, it definitely got me i definitely had to go down to rabbit hole because i was like seriously she went black for a day i was like what but i want i want that to happen that's another thing in the future i would love that for that to happen but i would like for it to be done properly like don't just throw it in for a little bit yeah yeah i mean talk about the real issues that um affect black americans and the fact that white privilege exists and and yeah all those things and you know have a black writer tell the story how about yeah that? exactly yep exactly there you go so thanks guys for tuning in to this episode of the black girl nerds podcast this special bonus episode about all things lois lane and we will see you next time bye bye And that's a wrap, guys. Thanks for tuning in to this bonus episode of the Black Girl Nerds podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And we look forward to watching the upcoming episode, the pilot of Superman and Lois, premiering February 23rd on The CW. The Black Girl Nerds podcast is produced by Jamie Broadnax. The opening theme song to our show is written and performed by Samus. Various instrumentals are performed by Samus, Sky Blue, and Shubzilla. You can find various episodes of the Black Girl Nerds podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Audioboom, Google Play Music, and Spotify.